Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. My name is Marco Iacchini, and I'm a cross-asset strategist from the CIO team. On today's episode of the podcast, we'll discuss what to make of the latest developments regarding the Fed's tapering plans. We'll take a look at Europe's earnings reporting season, but also discuss whether default rates in China are accurately reflected in the bond markets. Joining me today for this conversation, I'm glad to welcome Manpreet Gill, Head of Fixed Income, Currencies and Commodities. Now, without further ado, let's start today, today's conversation. This week, the Fed meeting minutes showed that most policymakers want to start the tapering of bond purchases by this year. Uh, should investors be worried, Manpreet? Uh, hi, Marco. Um, look, it's natural for, for investors to be a bit concerned. I mean, uh, you know, tapering in, in many uh, investors' views, you know, does, uh, you know, mark a point where policy starts getting a little bit less supportive than what we witnessed for, for quite some time now. Uh, but to be honest, in our view, uh, we're not so concerned. Uh, you know, it's very well possible that markets could face a bit of a wobble when when policy shifts, uh, but we'd be happy to buy buy into any such dip. Uh, and I think there are three reasons why uh, you know we sort of retain this comfort level. I think first and, and perhaps most importantly is that you know the Fed, if it does start tapering, it's it's really starting from a position of strength. And to put that in perspective, uh, you know, we've seen obviously the the run of strong economic data. Uh, some of those positive surprises have reduced, which is natural. But in an absolute level, you know, many of these uh, data releases are still at very very strong levels. I mean, witness the ISM uh, survey numbers, for example. At the other extreme, you've seen you know the U.S. job market data. Um, you know, at the current pace of job gains, it's quite likely the U.S. unemployment rate falls below five percent by the end of this year. Um, and and to put that again in perspective, you know, the last time the Fed started tapering of bond purchases, all the way back in 2013, the unemployment rate was much higher uh, at 6.9 percent. So position of strength clearly uh, if we go into tapering. Uh, the second point is that. Uh, the Fed will clearly retain the option to alter the timing and pace of tapering. So an announcement and a startup process is one, one sort of factor. But even within that, there's nothing to say that the Fed can't adjust that pace, uh, depending on how incoming data uh, and market sort of uh, sentiment plays out. So that's a bit of a safety valve. And third, and I think uh, also important to note that tapering is not the same thing as hiking interest rates. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about higher, how higher interest rates and bond yields could be a risk, riskier assets like equities. Um, but even if we start tapering, uh, that means, you know, interest rates uh, don't start rising until, you know, at least uh, beyond a year from now. Uh, so our view is that over the next year, at least, that means policy rates remain below the inflation rate. Uh, and in our minds, that's still supportive of continued outperformance of, of equities over bonds. So I think overall where that leaves us is that, you know, there are a couple of dates coming through that are important. So the Jackson Hole Summit next week and the September FOMC meeting. And it's possible we may see a bit of volatility, you know, following, um, you know, those events if a tapering announcement is made. But I think our point is that, you know, if we do see any such volatility, we'd be quite happy to buy into that dip. And as many of you must know quite well now, our preferences, you know, if we do get that dip in the equity market space are for Europe and, and U.S. equities and in the fixed income space, that's really for emerging market, Asian uh, and developed market high yield bonds. Thank you, Mapri. Now, if we can switch gears uh, a little bit in the prior episodes of the podcast, we talked about the uh, U.S. earnings season. Uh, what I wanted to talk to you about is today is the European earnings seasons. What are your key takeaways and what are you seeing right now from the numbers that have come out? 
Well, the overall uh, earnings season is turning out to be quite positive in Europe as well. Um, so uh, I'm going to throw a bit of a wall of numbers at you, but uh, you know, hopefully those help quantify you know just the extent of positive surprise we're seeing. So. The big headline is that uh, overall earnings have surprised by 24% to the upside uh, of the 80% or so companies that have reported already. Uh, and within within that, we've seen 65% of companies you know, actually beat earnings expectations. Um, and what you're seeing from those sort of positive headline numbers is that we're seeing expectations for the rest of this year uh, also being revised up. So on a full year 2021 basis, you know, before the earnings season started, markets were expecting a 46% rise in earnings. Uh, now, you know, today, uh, you know, par- almost all the way through the earnings season, uh, that number's gone up to 56%. So overall, it's, it's a very positive set of numbers and clearly strong positive earnings surprises coming through. Um, when you go sort of one level below that, we're seeing a similar level of positive surprises from a sector perspective. So when you look at our preferred sectors, which you know are financials, energy, materials, and technology, we've also seen positive earnings surprises, in, uh, you know, ranging from anywhere from 13 to 27% so far. So really, really positive set of numbers. Uh, but I think from an investment perspective, there are two big takeaways. I think one is that it supports our preference to uh, for Euro area and well, Euro area plus the UK, so European equities. Um, you know, on a, to a six to 12 month horizon. I think that's coming through being supported by the headline numbers, but also from a sector strategy perspective of four preferred sectors also displaying, you know, very strong earnings growth. And I think those sector uh, focuses, uh, you know, we think still look attractive today uh, for investors looking for a sector-based strategy. Understand. Now, uh, if we can uh, talk about one more thing before we end today's podcast, and that is uh, China and the regulatory crackdown. In uh, in in recent days, in recent weeks, uh, we've seen worries about bond defaults uh, spiking in a way. Uh, and uh, what should we make of this? Are are bond defaults in China something to worry about, and how do they impact the Asia bond market uh, as a whole? So I think it, it might help to to break that question down a little bit. So rising bond defaults uh, are something it's it's natural to be concerned about, and I think it's always a good sort of mindset to have when when thinking about bond investments. But what I do to sort of answer that question is break it down to three components. I think the first question that's important here in this context is we've got some regulatory tightening. Uh, you know, is that are we close to the end of that, or is that likely to continue for some time? And actually, that's a pretty hard question to answer because we don't have a lot to go by, unlike traditional fiscal or monetary policy. But whatever history we have uh, suggests, you know, this is not a flash in the pan. Regulatory tightening could continue for a few more months, particularly since much of this sort of fits into some broader policy goals uh, of Chinese policymakers. Um, so not something that might go away you know, overnight. The second question is, OK, how does this specifically translate into default risk? And I think the key here is looking at balance sheets uh, and the risks here do differ a little bit by sector. Now, we've seen a lot of scrutiny on the technology sector, but at least as far as bond markets are concerned, balance sheets are pretty strong. So we'd be less concerned about defaults. Now, this risk might be somewhat greater in property and SOE sectors uh, because balance sheets are, are relatively weaker in this space. Um, but that at least gives a little bit of direction in terms of where to focus on a default risk. And finally, the most possibly the most important thing is to say, look, we've got these risks, uh, but there is a price for everything. Uh, and the question is, what what are markets pricing today relative to you know the risks that are outside? And I think what's really interesting is that when you sort of try and look at current Asian dollar bond valuations, particularly in the high yield space, uh, 
in our view, at least they're pricing in a double digit level of defaults, uh, which is usually the kind of levels we see during recessions. And again, just to place that in context, you know, leaving aside the last recession in 2008-2009, uh, usually default rates in Asian dollar bonds have in the region of uh, you know, below 5%. So clearly a high default rate is priced in. So I think when you pull those together, I think where it leaves us is that, look, these risks uh, from regulatory tightening, it may not be something that goes away immediately. But what's really interesting is that the market's pricing in quite a high level and we think an excessive level of defaults. And I think that's why, you know, uh, regardless of the policy outlook, uh, at these levels, we'd actually be quite comfortable adding to Asian dollar bonds, particularly in hide space, because we think markets are now paying you uh, fairly well for the risk you're taking on. Great. Thank you, Mapreet. That was very clear. So thanks again, and uh, Mapreet, and thank you for joining our conversation today. That is all for this episode of Standard Chartered Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please visit our website at sc.com under Latest Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.